I'm Lindsay. And I'm Kathy from the Kindergarten Kiosk Podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect those of others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Welcome to episode 58 of the Burned In Teacher Podcast, how to create the schedule of your dreams. Let's go. Welcome to the Burned In Teacher Podcast. I'm Amber Harper, and the educators on this podcast are brave enough to share their stories of burnout with the world. On BIT, we get real, we get honest, and we take action. Action against the burnout with stories from burned out teachers, advice from experts, and actionable steps you can take today to beat the burnout and become a happier, more fulfilled human being. Let's get started. Okay, okay. So creating the schedule of your dreams might be a bit of a stretch. However, we are going to go through the steps that I take teachers through in my Out the Door by Four mini course designed specifically for burned and unbalanced teachers so that your schedule is at least not a nightmare. And I'm so excited to dive into this episode because what I'm going to do is I'm going to actually take you through what I have used as a breakout session in several uh, conferences, Um, even in the conference that I was a keynote speaker of last week. um, I was so fortunate to be able to have a a keynote experience. And in addition to that, share what it is that that I teach to my students of Burned In Teacher Training and Out the Door by Four, these courses that I created last summer and um, by the way, are on sale now for $47 each um, until the end of February. However, that's not my whole point in telling you this today. What I want to do is build off of last week's episode, which is how and when to say yes and no. And when you do that, then opening up your possibilities and reach to be able to look at your schedule and even assess what you have time for and what you don't, what needs to stay and what needs to go. So we're going to dive into that in just a second. But first of all, welcome to the Burned In Teacher Podcast. If you've not joined us before, my name is Amber Harper. I am the host, creator of burnedinteacher.com and all things burned in. I offer you action, inspiration, and support for you if you are dealing with teacher burnout. And maybe you are. Maybe you're here to avoid that burnout. Maybe you are uh, doing what I definitely recommend, which is pay close attention to how you're feeling and why you're feeling that way. And maybe you're feeling a bit off. Maybe you've taken the teacher burnout quiz um, at burnedinteacher.com slash burnout quiz and you're thinking, wow, I really need to make some changes. Um, So that's what this podcast is all about. It's all about giving you the action, inspiration, and support you need to move through this burnout because it can be a season if you take action. You know, Capable Carrie, she's one of my agents of change. She says, I am capable and I am worthy. And you are here because you know you are capable and you are worthy of change. You also know you are capable and worthy of changing your schedule and creating a schedule. And this is your schedule of your your life schedule, your life calendar. This is not just your school schedule. You know, at this block I teach reading and this block I teach math. This is What am I doing before, during, after school? When is it happening? When am I making the time instead of finding the time? You know, all of those um, sort of cliche yet true uh, quotes all about time management. So I'm going to teach you how to do that today. 
if at any point you have any questions or any aha moments or any thoughts that you would like to share in a safe space, I invite you to jump into the Burned in Teacher Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Burned in Teacher. Jump in there. There are over 500, very close to 600 educators in there with one goal, beat burnout have a safe place to talk through my challenges, and also a place to share my ideas and what's working for me, right? So, um, and of course, I'm speaking from your point of view. So these teachers in there, they know that this is a place where they can be surrounded by others who are being activated to uh, to share their experiences and their stories and to seek support. You know, I'm all about sharing your struggles. However, Don't even think about sharing your struggle with me unless you want to be activated to find a doable result, okay? And that's what this Facebook group is all about. You know, I recently asked a question in the group and it was simply this. What stage of burnout do you feel that you are in? And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I invite you. My gosh, I'm giving you all sorts of calls to action today. You know, the sun is shining outside. It is a 100% blue sky and I am activated. I am on fire today. So (laughs) you're going to have to re-listen to this episode to write down all of the links with all of these free resources that I'm offering you. So the, um, the stages of burnout I created to help teachers to not only identify what type of burnout they're dealing with, um, but then to identify, you know, how burned out are you on a scale of zero to five? Where are you? And I'm telling you, there are teachers in the Facebook group that are all over the map. I have teachers in there at a zero. They are totally burned out. I have teachers who are in stage two who are uh, build your ignition. These are teachers who are feeling curious. They are opening up conversations and starting to talk about their burnout, getting more vulnerable. And then I have teachers even at uh, stage four, which is build your fire, and stage five who are burned in. So stage four is build your fire, like I said, and that's where you're being more intentional and being engaged in how you think, feel, and believe about your career. And burned in, of course, is where you feel empowered. You're really thinking about your journey and how to avoid going back to that place again. And you're having um, daily assurance and flexibility within your career and what it is that you truly want for yourself. So all over the place in the Facebook group. And that's good because we can then speak to the, uh, the stage zero, the stage one, and we can say, hey, I've been there. We can show some empathy in this group, right? And uh, we can help them to move forward on that roadmap to success, which is to become a burned-in teacher and a burned-in human, right? So jump in there and ask your questions. Share your story. Share your struggles. You're going to get some actionable steps that you can take within that group. Okay, let's move on to today's episode, all about creating the schedule of your dreams, or at least one that is not a nightmare. So like I said, I created Out the Door by Four last summer and I created it because more than 70% of the teachers who take my teacher burnout quiz, they come out on the other end as burned and unbalanced. And those are teachers that are dealing with lack of time to do all the things, right? I mean, hand in the air, amen if you hear me, right? I know that we all go through stages where we're really overwhelmed or we have a lot coming up at the same time, you know, coming to fruition. However, this burned and unbalanced is that constant feeling of keeping your head above water. I cannot tell you how many times I've used that term 
when I was teaching full-time um, or I've heard other teachers use it. I'm just keeping my head above water. I'm just trying to make it to Friday. I'm just trying to get out of here by 1030 at night. Um, you know, those those really, those sort of like funny quote-unquote things that we say. However, we, um, we're just, you know, those are signs of overwhelm. Those are signs of needing help with time management, prioritization, all of the things that we're going to talk about today. So in Out the Door by Four, I first start to lay out this idea that every year, it seems like after year two when I was teaching, so I started teaching in 2006, and starting about 2008, um, and this was actually, let me tell you this, this was after we had our second daughter, so I had a newborn at home. I started each year after that with the best of intentions. This year's going to be different. This year, I'm not going to be overwhelmed. I'm not going to be frustrated. I'm certainly not going to complain. I am going to leave at 4 o'clock and it's all going to be so good. I'm going to make this year all about balance and my family and getting home at a decent time. However, then after about week two, I would fall back into the same old habits that I had the year before. I would get um, overwhelmed. I would then um, not know where to start. I would, you know, say, I would say the things that overwhelm Olivia would say. Those, you know, those agents are the same. There's so much to do. I don't even know where to start. So I would just sit in it and I would just look around. Or, man, I would be super activated one day and I would have this list of things that I was going to do. I would go in on a Saturday morning or a Sunday afternoon and I would say, I'm going to get these things done. I would go in and before I knew it, my whole classroom was just torn to shreds. I decided I was going to reorganize my bookshelf and my classroom library. I was going to go through these binders. I mean, I can hear you. I know that you're laughing because it's the same story for all of us, right? There's so much to do that we lose that focus. So here's the problem. Every year, I would start the year with the best of intentions, but I lacked the discipline and the planning. And I'm not talking about lesson planning here. I lacked the discipline and a plan for my schedule that could help me to achieve a steadfast vision for myself because creating balance takes way more than good intention. It takes a vision first, by the way. First, it takes a vision. Then it takes a plan. And let me tell you, the last two are the hardest. Then it takes discipline, my friend. (laughs) This is where a lot of us fall off the wagon. Daily discipline. Doing the things that you had in your plan, even if you don't feel like doing them. And then, of course, leading each uh, part of your plan. Leading each action step with intention. Okay? So that all takes a lot of action. And that's what this episode is all about. We're going to help you take some action today. So if you're driving in your car, I want you to either listen very closely so you can take these steps after you get done listening. Or if you are in fact sitting somewhere, get out a notepad and a piece of paper. Okay? Push pause and go get some paper because you have some work to do. Okay? So like I said, we have four steps today that then have sub-steps within them. And it's all about creating a vision a plan, discipline, and intention. And we're going to take action starting right now. Now, the Out the Door by Four course or program, whatever you want to call it, it actually, um, the foundation is that vision, plan, discipline, and intention. However, 
within those four big steps, we have six smaller subcategories. Okay, now don't get overwhelmed. They're very simple. Of course, you know I'm all about simplicity. So here are the six steps. Visualize, prioritize, eliminate, simplify, automate, and systemize. Now, this comes from not only my own experience with um, with <laughs> being burned and unbalanced, especially back in 2015, I was feeling especially overwhelmed. Um, I had moved to a new district. They had extremely different expectations for me. Um, and I was trying to be, uh, oh, I had that disease to please that we talked about last week. You know, I wanted to do all the things perfect. I also was a huge perfection patty and took everything personally and, and all of that stuff. Um but when I finally, um, especially after I started Burned In Teacher, I decided that I was going to create this vision and this plan and show some discipline. Um, this is where I created this. However, then I went into deep research about time management and prioritization um, and uh, productivity, and I realized that I was right on the right track. So I just put this all into this fantastic program called Out the Door by Four, um, and it starts with visualize. So the, the essential question here is, What's your overall vision for yourself and your future days, weeks, months, or even years? We're going to start small. We're going to think about our weeks here. Now, we are going to centralize our focus only on your schedule. And I'm talking your weekly schedule. This is both at home and at school, okay? But we're not going to talk about lesson planning today. We are specifically going to be talking about what you do before and after school in the mornings and in the afternoons and evenings. Okay, um, of course, this program is designed to help you to really think about the things you're doing within your school day, but we just don't have all of the time. That's what the course is for, right? So, so think about what is your vision for yourself when it comes to, here's our, here's what we're going to come back to today, how many hours you want to work on school a week and what time you want to leave school in order to open up those possibilities and extend your reach, okay? Because we can't just say, oh, I'm going to start working out again or I'm going to join this book club again or I am going to start volunteering at my church more often again. I used to love doing those things. I don't do them anymore. I'm just going to do them. That is intention, my friend. We have the best intentions to do those things. But if you don't have the visualization and the plan, it's not going to happen. At least it's not going to happen maybe more than once or twice. And then you're going to fall back into those bad habits again. Or you're going to let your lack of boundaries show through and people are going to schedule time for you um, instead of you scheduling time for yourself. Okay? So that's number one. Here is what you're going to do. You're going to push pause. Okay? (laughs) I want you to write down the number of hours you want to work at school every week. Okay. And this is including your contract time. Okay. You work, for example, uh, I believe mine was 730 to 245. I'm sorry, 7:30 to 3:15. Okay. 7:30, 3:15, I believe was my contract hours. Okay. Include those hours in there. And then think about what time you get to school. Do you get to school at seven? All right, I'm going to speak to my own experience because if you get to school at 7, you're adding a half an hour to your hours of work, okay? Or um, if my contract hour is uh, 3.15, then am I staying until 4.30? 
because then I'm adding an hour and 15 minutes to my work week. So if your goal is to work for 45 hours a week, don't laugh because it is possible, (laughs) okay? 45 hours a week or let's say 47 And let me tell you, if you have been working a 60 or 70 hour week, that is a substantial cut. All right. However, it can be done. But first we have to visualize. So I want you to push pause here and I want you to write down a number and you can start with 50 if you want. I'll allow you 50, but I want you to really try to be aggressive about this goal. Okay. 50 hours or less. How many hours? And here's the thing. The program is called Out the Door by 4. That does not mean that if you leave at 4.30 or 5 on some nights that you're breaking the rules, okay? There are no rules here. It's just a goal, okay? What I tell people is this, you know, you have, especially if you have kids or you have nieces or nephews that you're highly involved in their life in some way, and you have to leave school at your contract time, 3.15, I have to leave. I have no choice. I have this other obligation. That's fine. You're not working on school then. Um, But if you're grading, during a practice, that is time counted to schoolwork. Um, or if you have to leave several times during the week um, and you're not working on schoolwork um, for other obligations involving family or, or other, um, other important obligations in your life, and you work on a Saturday morning for three hours, that's fine. That's fine as long as you are not working past your goal time. So if it's 47 hours a week or 52 hours a week, As long as you're sticking with that hourly goal, and I'm going to ask you to track it, okay? (laughs) So we're going to keep you accountable here. So um, it doesn't have to be, you know, you're leaving at four and you're taking nothing home with you. That's not necessarily the truth if you're leaving at three, like at your contract time every day, all right? Now, maybe you figured out a way to 100% do that. That's awesome. I got very close, but there were de- there was definitely some give and take there. After that, you're actually going to write out on your paper. You're going to write Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or the abbreviations of those things, okay? Under that, I challenge you to actually write out the times that you're going to get to school and what time you're going to leave, And then you're going to do the math. You're going to say, okay, if my goal is 52 hours a week or if my goal is 45 hours a week, then what do these hours add up to? Or if you plan on grading during your child's um, swim practice or whatnot, then then how how much does that add up to? Because then you may have some adjusting to do. You may find out that, man, your goals actually exceed your expectations for how many hours you want to uh, to be working on school every week. Now, what this is going to cause you to do is really be intentional about the things that you are working on at school. And that's actually the next step. So go ahead and push pause, write how many hours you want to work a week, and then spread those hours out over the days. And even, like I said, even into Saturday or Sunday. But make sure it is a vision that you can be happy with. Remember, it might not be the schedule of your dreams, but at least it's not a nightmare, which would be working all the time, every night, every weekend. You are more than a teacher, my friend. You have some possibilities and some opportunities to reach, okay? So push pause, 
get that done. When you come back to us now, we're going to move on to prioritize. This is something that I love working through with teachers. Prioritize, your essential question is what tasks have the biggest impact on my students' success? Okay, this is really thinking and some of this can be kind of gut check. This is you thinking about, okay, what tasks uh, do I have to do? They are attached to my job description. And so what is it that I really literally have to do? Okay, we have to plan lessons. We have to execute lessons, right? We have to take grades, (laughs) those things, right? However, we also need to look at this in a, in a different way. Sometimes we uh, we lie to ourselves and we say that we have to do things that we really do not have to do. So you really need to think about, okay, what am I doing? What am I choosing to do that may not be having the biggest impact on my students? What is it that I am doing in what order of importance from biggest impact to lowest impact? So you're thinking of all of the things that you're doing with and for your kids and putting them in a priority order, one to 50 or whatever number you come to. All right, you're just kind of doing a brain dump here, okay? You're listing it all out. So go ahead and pause. That's what you're going to do because now we're going to kind of go into how to prioritize your time in school so you can actually make this happen, okay? All right, go ahead and push pause. Make your priority list now. Okay. Now we're going to eliminate, okay? So this can be kind of hard, especially if you've fallen into habits that you have been uh, repeating over and over again for many, many years. But with eliminate, we are really going to look at more of a holistic view, okay? What is it that you need to eliminate maybe in your personal life that's not serving you, not helping you to reach your core values? Um, and, And with eliminate, I'm gonna actually pull in a little bit of delegate here. Okay, what can you either eliminate from your personal life that is not causing you to be happy or it is just taking too much time? Um, Or what can you delegate to somebody else? You know, if it has to do with running kids all over the place, is there a carpool that you can start? Can you ask your significant other to help more often? Um, Are you both just kind of all over the place and you really need to prioritize how you are spending your time as a family? Um, And then, of course, at school, What are you spending time on doing or keeping around that isn't or won't impact your student's success or outcomes? What needs to go? And I'm going to challenge you something here, and I may may shock you a little bit here. How many of you, honest to goodness, you have your school email on your phone? And not only that, but you also have notifications set up. Okay, this is something where I see teachers look around at each other like with – We all do that, right? (laughs) Okay. And if you don't, I want you to give yourself a pat on the back. Here's my challenge to you. And this is not negative. This is not being, um, you know, insulting of your your school or your administrator and, you know, telling them they don't matter. But the problem is, is that when we do that, we're saying two things. Number one, I'm on all the time. You can reach me anytime and I'm going to get back to you right away. Okay. The second thing you're saying is I don't value my personal time. Because work email is more important than anything. And that is because you could be sitting down to watch a movie with your family or your friends. You're going out with your friends and all of a sudden you get a ding and you check it because you can't, you can't wait. And maybe it's an email 
that causes you a significant amount of stress or it even ticks you off a little bit or it causes you to go into this, oh my gosh, I totally forgot about this. I've got to get this done. You don't have to have your email on your phone. You certainly don't have to have the notification set off. And now I'm going to name drop here. Uh, my friend Janelle, who went through the small group program, the Burned In Teacher Training small group program a little over a year ago, this is what she told me that kicked off our conversation that caused me to invite her into this small group program. She said, I'm answering emails at all hours of the night. And I said, Janelle, why do you have your email on your phone? And she goes, you know, I don't know. And it kicked off just a really deep and important conversation about boundaries and her belief that she was capable and worthy of setting them for herself. So um, this is a really important question to ask yourself. Do I really, am I required to have my email on my phone? I know we have requirements as far as how long we take. I know for me it was a 24-hour turnaround if a, if a parent, for example, would email me. Um, but this is a big deal. We don't have to be answering emails all hours of the day. So this warrants the, you know, the questioning of yourself and your habits around that. And it also warrants some, uh, some discussion about, you know, whether or not that is something that you need to continue having in your life. And also, my friend, if you're answering emails on a Saturday night while you're out with your girlfriends, then that is also time you need to add to your weekly work hour goal. Okay, so think of it that way, (laughs) okay? All right, now the next step after eliminating is simplifying. Simplifying is exactly what it sounds like. It is thinking about how it is that you can take the things that remain, those things that you're not eliminating or delegating to somebody else, and you're saying, okay, how can I make these tasks and habits that I'm going to start or continue doing simpler, And one of the ways that I really want to encourage you to do this is with blocking and batching. Blocking and batching, it's as simple as this. Remember that priorities list? The things that stay, the most impactful things that you do that really impact your students' outcomes, those are the things that we are going to turn into blocking and batching. Now, batching actually comes first, so it's batching and blocking. Batching is grouping those like things together in one place. So for example, grading and entering grades or lesson planning, prepping, copies. So um, those things belong together, okay? Maybe uh, report card comments and maybe parent phone calls and communication. Uh, Maybe data entry and RTI notes or um, preparing for those meetings. Okay, now follow me here. So once you have this list, what you're going to do is either rewrite these things into small versions or groups um, of that main list that you had, or use a highlighter is what I typically suggest. And with the highlighter, you can highlight the things that belong together. So like I said, um, maybe whenever you write down your weekly tasks, uh, you um, highlight lesson plans, lesson prep, and copies. You highlight all of those things with pink. And then maybe grading or entering grades, um, you highlight those in green. And now I should say say in your weekly tasks that you have, um, I would definitely include, um, I would definitely include email in there and meetings, okay? Because those are things that you do find yourself engaged in on a weekly basis, okay? Now those will probably be their own colors, 
but you need to have them on that list anyway. So um, then the next step is actually blocking. So this is where whether or not you use a paper or a digital planner, either one of them, you are now blocking out the parts of your day that you're going to do these things. This is one way of simplifying. Um, so you're you're batching like things together and now you actually have either color-coded or blocked out times of your day. It's just the same thing as when you block out schedules for uh, classes. You know, if you um, are teaching algebra during one prep and then you're teaching um, al- uh, pre-algebra during another and geometry in another. I'm not a high school math teacher, so I'm just going off my own experiences here. <laughs> You do the same thing during your prep period. So for this 25 minutes, I'm going to focus on this thing. And for the next 25 minutes, I'm going to focus on this thing. And you have it in your calendar to keep you accountable. This is your plan and this is your discipline, my friend. So what this does is it helps you to then prioritize how and when you're spending your time. Okay, so if you're looking at simplifying your schedule and you now have your blocks on your calendar of, for example, if you get to school on a Tuesday morning, that is maybe an early morning. So you get there at 6.45. I might be a little extreme here, but I know it is reality for a lot of us. I used to get to school a little bit before 7 every day. Um, And during that time, I had a schedule. Number one, I would set my timer for 15 minutes and I would check email and answer emails and try to get to an inbox zero. Again, don't laugh. It totally can be done if you are intentional and show discipline. Now, the first 15 minutes, email, answering emails, that was a block. It was in my calendar. And then, my friends, you ready for this? I didn't check my email until after school was over. And let me tell you, This can cause some small problems at the beginning of this practice because if people are sending you urgent emails in the middle of the day and you are answering them, again, you're saying, I don't have boundaries, I'm on all the time. But when you start saying no to email during the middle of the day when you're teaching or when you should be eating or um, focusing on many of the other priorities and responsibilities that you have, when you say no to that, you're going to have to set some boundaries for yourself and make other people aware of them. For example, you may have to set up an automated email. So whenever, you know, when you shut down your email for the rest of the day, you have an automated email that says, I will not be checking my email. You know, thank you so much for reaching out to me. I'm so glad that you that you did. However, I will not be checking my email again until 2.45 p.m. So if this is urgent, please make sure that you call the office, give them the number, and make sure that it's also that you let your secretaries and maybe even let your principal know, hey, I just want to let you know I have to set up some boundaries around email. So if it's urgent, I'm going to ask you to go ahead and call my, my classroom um, or I'm going to ask you to come down and talk to me personally um, because if it's really urgent, I, 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 I'm not going to be checking my email. It's just taking up too much of my time. It's a big transition, especially if you were also somebody who had your email and your notifications set up on your phone, right? But guys, email is a product, productivity suck. It sucks the productivity out of you, okay? You're not making any gains towards your goals by checking and answering emails, okay? So, this is, a, this is a belief change. Uh, beliefs are choices. Choices can be changed. And this is one of those things that you have to change your beliefs around email. Okay, so batching things together, 
blocking them on your calendar, and now showing discipline to follow your calendar. And here, this is where I, you know, I started, um, I started an episode recently um, about, you know, some of the teachers that I'm working with currently, they were really struggling. Uh, I know February is a tough time for a lot of people, not just in education, just in general. They were really struggling with their schedule. It was starting to seep into their classrooms and affecting the relationships with their students because they were feeling the pressure, super overwhelmed. And I started each of these conversations with, well, how's your plan going for your schedule? And that's when the conversation changed because I started to learn that they've had several obligations that they had said yes to maybe that were coming together at the same time. They were not focusing at all on their original plan that they had set for themselves. And I get it. Life happens, right? Um, a kid gets sick. You get sick. Um, you know, something something just happens. It just throws a wrench into, uh, into your vision, into your plan. That's life, my friend. That happens. However, when it comes to, and this is going back to episode 57, you saying yes to too much and all of those things come together at the same time, which often happens, this is when you should ask yourself, gosh, should I have said yes to this? Or <laughs> I probably should have said no, right? At least to some of those things um, because we can't do it all, you know, and go back to listen to uh, episode 57 if you haven't already. Because it will lay out there, you know, how and when to say no and when to say yes. And this is the reason. Because a lot of times, <laughs> it's almost like it's planned. Those things, the end result or that, you know, all of those competitions or that show, all of those things are coming together at the same time. And you can't handle it all. Um, in addition to, your kid got sick yesterday, right? So um, this is where making sure that you keep your schedule front and center and stay disciplined even when life happens if you can't. Or for example, if you are out for a day for a PD session or like I said, your kid's sick or it's a snow day, you know, being able to follow that schedule with guided flexibility so that you at least know what you didn't get done so that you can plan accordingly for your next day. So that's what the blocking is all about, to make it visual so you can focus on, you guessed it, your vision that you set. You're no longer leading with the best of intentions. Now you're leading with your vision. You're following your plan with discipline and you're able to move to each task with intention because now your intention is to get out that door and do the things that bring you joy and light you up and make you a happier, more fulfilled person. Okay, so next we're going to move to automate. What is it that you can do to automate? What are some tools, some tech tools, or some certain tasks that you can create on automatic? I know for me, it was using Google Slides for my lesson planning. Oh my gosh, it changed my life, Um, especially when I started to become a Google certified educator. I learned the power of, uh, you know, sharing and collaborating. And my teaching partner, Cassie, and I, we were amazing at collaborating on Google Slides. And we, of course, had the understanding of, hey, we're going to use, um, you know, we're going to make copies of our slideshows and we're going to make them however fits our teaching style and our own schedule. But we can definitely share 
some slides. We can take some slides from each other. <laughs> we definitely, um, we definitely benefited from that attitude of you can take it or you can leave it. Totally up to you. But it changed our planning. It was fantastic. And what I did is when I created my lesson plans on my slides, I then gave my principal viewing capabilities. He could see my I can statements. He could see my standards. He could see what resources, what tools I was using. And it was just a really good view of inside my classroom that he could check from his office. And in the spirit of Google and also Canvas, if that is a tool you use in your school, um, using Google Forms or those graded quizzes, uh, wow, they are such a game changer. I used them as formative assessments for my students. I called them checkups um, with my kiddos. And I would just ask them one or two questions on a Google form. And I'm telling you like that. The second they hit submit, I had some small groups based on whether or not they got a question correct about the previous day's math lessons especially. And uh, Seesaw, oh my goodness, if you've never heard of Seesaw Learning Journal, there are some really innovative ways to automate. Um, I used Seesaw to automate my math assessments because I had, at one point I had 30 first graders and there was no possible way. It was like herding cats <laughs> to, to give a math test um, because some of them needed me to read questions repeatedly and I mean literally sit beside them to make sure they were focusing while others could read it on their own. So what I did using Seesaw is I took a picture of the assessment and I recorded myself reading and I used the drawing tool and I took them through the questions so they could choose, some of them could choose to either read it themselves or use the um, the Seesaw video. Um, and while others, I was sitting next to them and I was reading the questions as many times as they needed and I was, you know, respecting their IEPs and whatever it was that um, that I needed to do to help them to be as successful as they possibly could. I also used Seesaw for a couple of other things, including sight words. I would record myself holding up their uh, their sight words that they were practicing. I individualized all of that, and it took me no outside class time. I would do it right in front of them. It was fantastic. I would get their sight word cards out that they were working on. I would hold them up behind the camera, and I would record myself reading to them. So it was like having a teacher there reminding them of their sight words, even if I couldn't be right next to them. I did the same thing with our phonics work. I pre-recorded phonics lessons for them depending on what level they were because because of these tools I was able to individualize their um, their instruction and it really took especially after I got into the habit took barely any outside of school time at all and I was able to reuse those things uh, the following year so if you are truly seeking ways to automate and yet you don't consider yourself quote-unquote techie there are people in your school who are quote unquote techie. Maybe you have a tech coach or your principal is super techie or you have a teacher down the hallway that either you do or do not talk to all the time that, you know, it's okay to get vulnerable and try something new and ask even a younger teacher. I know this can sometimes be the uh, the source of a little bit of tension. Even a teacher that's been doing it a year or two. You know, ask them, hey, how are you doing this? Or how are you leaving by 4.30 every day? Um, or how are you leaving by 3.15 every day? Tell me your secrets. Open up the conversation in a positive way that can help you to meet your goals as well. 
Okay, so after automate, then we move to systemize. Systemizing is looking at everything. Now, I know I don't need to tell you this. I mean, you're a teacher. We have systems for a lot of things. Unfortunately, the downside to this is sometimes we overcomplicate those systems. So what I want to challenge you to do is look at your systems and think about what could be simplified Okay, what could be eliminated altogether? And this is where I want to bring in this idea of start, stop, continue. What do I need to start systemizing? What do I need to stop systemizing? Or what do I need to continue systemizing? Because again, this all goes back back to uh, habits and beliefs. What have I been doing that's not working, but I've just been doing it because it's just easier to just keep it the same than it is to do something different. I call it, you know, getting off that escalator. And if you've not seen that video, oh my goodness, go to YouTube, type in get off the escalator. It is such a great representation of doing the things that need to be done right away, not waiting for anybody else to tell you to do it. Although I guess I am kind of encouraging you, right? (laughs) So there you have it. That's how I encourage teachers to get out the door by four or at whatever time is best for them on any day. All right, so I hope that this empowers you to create some change, to take some action by starting with a vision, then a plan, daily discipline, and then intention as you go into those action steps. These are all action-based. And of course, whenever you feel yourself start to feel overwhelmed about your days, visualize, prioritize, eliminate, simplify, automate, and systemize as much as you possibly can. My friends, you can take control over your schedule and take it from being a nightmare to something better than that. And hey, maybe even do create that dream schedule. Now, take a deep breath because you just took another step to becoming a burned in teacher. Burn on. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, you can head over to burnedinteacher.com where you can access the entire vault of Burned In Teacher podcast episodes and more information about ways I want to help you go from burned out teacher to burned in human. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would be so grateful if you would head over to iTunes and leave a review and a rating about the Burned In Teacher podcast. Until next time, take a deep breath because you just took another step to becoming a burned in teacher. Burn on.